Welcome back to episode four of TLGR, Two Lefties Get It Right, with your host Cameron. And Griffin. And we want to wish you a miserable President's Day to, er- to anyone in the United States, as you know as you know on the show. And I assume most listeners in general, none of us actually like the current leaders or former leaders, but we're going to celebrate them anyway because we are uh, ingrained in that culture. So we're definitely going to... Patriotism. Um, Let's go. Yeah. We're going we're to destroy some presidents today. We're going to have a little bit more fun towards the end of the later half. Uh, start of the show, as per usual, we're going to talk about the news, um, a little bit more of a somber topic, and then we will pick up in a little bit more of a lighthearted uh, week's episode. So first off, as per usual, Bush, how's your week? Uh, my week was good. How about you? Also pretty good. Um, uh, Lily's was obviously this weekend, so I was very saddened on Saturday to hear about the passing of our uh, former chancellor here at UW-Madison, Becky Blank, RIP. Uh, her cancer came back. It was very sad, very sad indeed. But other than that, it was a good week, good weekend. Uh, celebrated a roommate's birthday, so that was fun. And yeah, not too much other than that. Uh, you allegedly had brake failure, so you couldn't make it down. Yeah, my uh, my car's in. It's not it's not doing too hot right now. It may, it's making some interesting noises. Um, and I, I have been unable to get it fixed yet. So I'm gonna hope hope. I'm honestly hoping I can get it before spring break at this point. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Does Gavin know that you're destroying his baby? Uh, this was never Gavin's baby. Gavin never had the the pony. So I thought he dro- I, I thought he drove it because he told me and Sam about like how he had to like duck down his, oh, him yeah. being like six seven. He drove it. Uh. He drove for a cut, like a month or two. He never drove for that oh, okay. long. Hmm. Interesting. Well, all right, let's get into the news. Um, so not a, not as big of a week as our former ones. Um, let's start with the big election news of the week. Uh, Nikki Haley has announced her candidacy for the Republican nomination for president in 2024. She is the first major challenger to Donald Trump for this nomination, obviously second being behind John Bolton. But... Uh, I see him dropping out very soon because I don't see him having very widespread appeal amongst the party's base. She, on the other hand, I could see her being like a half a percent of a threat, but it will not even come close if DeSantis decides to run. Yeah, if DeSantis runs, it's going to be DeSantis-Trump, which I am loving the content already. Did you see what I think Trump called him Meatball Ron? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, I, in I like a truth. I was, yeah, I was wondering if you told me about that last week or someone else, but yeah, that was... That was that's still one of the best nicknames to come out of our uh, Donnie boy. I uh, yeah. right before right before we started recording, I watched all four episodes on Netflix. I can highly recommend. It. I thought it was pretty good. Um, called uh, the uh, not Co- the Comey the Comey rule, but uh, former uh, director of the FBI James Comey. It's with a, it has a really stacked cast. It's uh, Jeff Daniels from Dumb and Dumber playing him, but he's really good at it. The Trump impersonation is absolutely spot on the entire time. <laughs> but this will really make you want to watch Bush because one of the heads of, I think it's the NSA in the episode in the show, but I can't remember what it is exactly. It's Jonathan Fink. It's Michael Ehrmantraut. Oh my God, I have to. What, what is this on? It's on Netflix. Four episodes, about an hour each. It's called The Comey Rule. I, I, I'd recommend it. It's right. pretty good. It's easy All watching. Right, I'll, yeah. I'll have to give it a watch. But yeah, as soon as, as soon as I saw Jonathan Banks, they're like, I'm watching this. I'm, I'm yeah, the. The Mark Mike Gerbachout, mm-hmm. our Lord and Savior. Exactly. Um, another news story of uh, note today: uh, President Biden made a surprise trip to the Ukraine, Kiev, to usher in more support before unveiling another half billion dollars in aid that would be sent to the Ukrainian effort in the ongoing war with Russia. This was kept under pretty uh, heavy wraps, except for like the president's inside team didn't want any leaks out of it. But um, 
uh, I guess just bolstering some more foreign alike, uh, alliances and uh, yeah, there's not not too much of that. Um, just getting involved in European affairs, I guess. Yep, classic, uh, classic America getting involved. Uh, I don't. I saw some people getting a little pissy about it. I personally don't really have a problem with it. I mean, if we're gonna send that kind of money over there, I think Biden going out there and actually being there, boots on the ground, sends a pretty good message. Mm -hmm. uh, if that is, you know, like our intentions is to back Ukraine all the way, which it is obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of how you feel about that, I think that Biden being there and showing that support in person is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's good politically too. Overall, I mean. The people that are against that are going to vote against him no matter what he does. So, like, people that are, like, would be more on the fence, I'd probably say, would be more in support of that. But, um, yeah, I think politically it's fine. Worldwide, it's fine. It's kind of strengthening a, a NATO alliance potential and everything like that. I think it, it also kind of, like, really amplifies something that I saw uh, today, earlier today, but I hadn't really thought about but makes a lot of sense is Zelensky is always like visiting like I'm not a, I'm not a big Zelensky guy nor am I um but I think the one thing he's done really well is he is routinely like visiting the troops on the front line he's out mm -hmm. there and he's present like he's a present leader where you see Putin has not done any such thing he's been chilling out in Moscow this whole time mm -hmm. is which that I where mean, the is that where the presidential palace is in Russia I guess I don't know I, sure. I, I assume so it's the, mm -hmm. the I think it's the Kremlin isn't it that that makes sense. I'm I'm not overly that familiar with uh, Russian geography or especially the political geography of it. Yeah, um, me either. I just I just assumed it was in because Moscow's the capital. So we can both be idiots. Who knows? Yep. Um. Yeah. I, I remember that there's obviously like at, towards the beginning of the invasion there was um that moment where he refused to leave. Was it Kiev or was it another major city? Yeah, in Ukraine? I think it was Kiev. Mm. When they first like attacked it, he stayed. I, yeah, I remember that making most of the presses, so yeah, there is that element of him being a more hands-on leader. I, I, I don't know the exact uh, political structure of Ukraine, if they're, like, democracy-wise, if, if and when there'd be another election, but I can assume he'd do fairly well if, if it's soon. Yeah, I'm assuming he's going to do just fine. Mm. I um, think especially, like, within Ukraine, he's got pretty, uh, pretty resounding support there. Yeah, I think so, too. Especially following this, there's definitely some, yeah, nationalistic uh, support from the Ukrainians. I saw, I saw this earlier in the week. So, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, there were, um, after after the initial Chinese quote-unquote spy balloon, um, there were have been four or five other objects shot down over mainland, the mainland United States, uh, and Biden came out earlier this week to basically explain what they were. And it turns out they were all nothing. They were all they were all personal man-made projects, everything like that. I think it was the one that was shot down over Lake Huron. This guy built himself a weather balloon and now is suing the federal government for damages because they Let's shot go. it down. Let's go. Yeah, I read like the initial release that they put out about it, like unidentified objects, and they start describing them. They're like unknown propulsion. It appeared to have no clear way of controlling its direction. Um, it just kind of moved with the wind. Like they're literally just describing a balloon. Like when, yeah. they, like when they're described, like, oh, it's the UFO, it's aliens, but like you read the release and it's they literally just describe a balloon. Well, it's like, it's, it's like I think I heard somewhere that radar typically only detects something if it's like traveling at more than like 30 kilometers an hour or something like that. Like it doesn't even detect anything that's going slower than that. What balloon is going faster than that right now? Like, 
so we're just exactly. trying to increase even more like radar technology to detect literally like birds at this point well yeah that's kind of what they did is like they usually don't track things unless they're going faster than 30 miles an hour or if they're like flying in like the same altitude that commercial planes will fly mm. and so they opened it up and they immediately found like everything because there's all these fucking balloons flying around so they went and naturally spent a few million dollars on missiles and shot them all down oh yeah yeah on stock probably took a huge uptick this week more patriot missiles please please um, I, I'm seeing another one. Uh, apparently, Chris Sununu is eyeing a GOP like run, the governor of New Hampshire. He 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 claims he's going to be the quote unquote normal lane if he does if he does run, but he hasn't decided that yet. Now I've heard the name Chris Sununu before, but the face is just not there. Like I don't exactly see a whole lot of run out of him, and I'm based off of the guy's looks, I can see Trump destroying him immediately too. But he can destroy DeSantis, who objectively is not that unattractive. Sununu is going to be destroyed. Yeah, but, like, we can't talk like Trump is uh, Mr. Playboy out here. No, no, absolutely not. No, but, like... I mean, he does have the Hagelinas, though. The Hagelinas love Trump. They think he's hot. They want to fuck him. Cam, you still there, man? Did I lose you? Oh, sorry. I turned I turned down my mic a little bit. I don't know if it's too oh, much. No worries. Is this better? Uh, yep. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he is um the GOP sex doll, I guess. Like he is like the epitome of the conservative man. He is the most desired. That's beautiful. I love it. Mm. Did you? Did we talk about his um, his golf tournament last episode? Didn't he give himself the win or something? Yeah, he he couldn't go to the first round of his golf tournament because he had to like go to a, like give a eulogy or something. Uh, at the eulogy, he also complained about missing the golf tournament, which is awesome. <laughs> and <laughs> I, then I missed, so I missed the tournament for this. This guy better be dead. And because he missed the first round, he decided to give him a score of five strokes ahead. Of whatever the second place score, what with that, whatever whoever is the leader, I think was five under. He just gave himself a score of ten under because he played a good game earlier <laughs> that week. Oh, that's and right. then you proceeded to win it. That. Proceeded yeah, that... to win it. Said it was a great honor. <laughs> he's, he's the best at golf. The best at golf. Well, I, I will never forget that report that came out. I think it was in 2020. It might have been 2019. Of how much money he spent, like taxpayer dollars, just to play golf. It was somewhere in the round ground, of like 140 million dollars was the airfare the club fees or whatever it was all just to play golf like i love insane. it it's like the the george bush meme where he's talking about like 9 11 or something it's like now watch this drive yeah. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> so good uh i guess we should um it's uh we should probably talk about the more serious topic of the week um was it on tuesday or monday last week i think it was it was valentine or i think it was monday night right after we were done I think it was recording. monday um, there was a uh, mass shooting at Michigan State University, which left uh, three students dead and I believe six injured, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. That sounds about at least, right. Yeah, at least five or six. Um, the shooter then was uh, found who had uh, killed himself with a self-inflicted uh, gunshot. Um, but there was, as far as I'm aware now, there is still no motive um, other than just um, 
suspected mental health uh, issues. I, but I believe he there was they found some sort of I don't I'm hesitant to call it a manifesto, but along those mm-hmm. lines of him saying he was gonna, also going to go to Colorado, like a, a list of like three or four other places he was going to go after mm-hmm. Michigan State, and they're presuming like people wronged him there or whatever. They don't really know why. He would give a reason, like, but... It wasn't, like, race or anything with that, right? Like, it wasn't, like, Buffalo? No. No, I don't think so. I think he okay. was just severely mentally ill and angry and... Yeah, which, and, um... Yeah, yeah that brings me to another part that's... we Like, we've seen this... We saw this in the Monterey shooting, too. Uh, police said he was on their radar. It's something we've seen on almost every mass shooting. This The police were like, yeah, we knew about him. We yeah, didn't he was do on, anything. He was on our list. We didn't. We didn't do anything. Nothing will ever beat the the gay club, the gay nightclub in Colorado. Is that? I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about. Where they, where he was literally like was in a police standoff a few months beforehand with a gun, saying, "I'm going to kill all of you." To the cops. A few months later, he's released, and guess what? He goes and kills at least ten people there. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he was still legally allowed to possess a firearm. It's just the culture. I like. I, I mentioned this book before we started talking about, it, but I think the biggest problem with um, gun violence in America, because it's steadily been on the increase in the last few years, especially the last 10, 15 years. I definitely like the frequency of shootings and the severity of them. It's more so. It's a the lack of mental health services in this country, like the actual infrastructure for medical and like mental help, like towards those who need it the most. It makes it impossibly unaffordable to get to, or in, like inaccessible. Like for example, I have a friend that goes here. They needed to have um, accommodations because of like uh, just stress and gen- in general stuff like that. Like mental health was definitely not like going very very well, and they were on a waiting list for a counseling session with a school psychiatrist. Um, just a waiting list to get the like uh, consultation. It was six months out. Because there's like Jesus. less than there's less than ten of them to accommodate for like that block of the alphabet of students or something like that. The waiting list for the consultation was six months out, and then they had to wait after that to get those accommodations for those tests. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, it's mm. it's something like, and you you'll see this kind of like like the way that's it's and it is split entirely on party lines. You'll see your the republic the Republicans are like. Oh, it's it's mental health. It's mental health. It's mental health. But then we'll act. Never do anything to provide adequate mental health for these people. Mm-hmm. Like Completely you could, you could blame it. it. Yeah, you could blame it on mental health, but then you refuse to fund it at a national level. Mm-hmm. And then and then continue to blame mental health and say like, oh, it's your right to have a gun, but like, it, but like you know, people are mentally ill, and you need to help them, but we're not gonna do anything to help them. And then you get the fucking libs who are almost worse about it. Because they'll say it's mental health. And they're also like, we're going to do gun control. And, and this is my opinion. I, I just, as a gun owner myself, uh, I've grown up. I'll preface this. I, I, am, I, I do own firearms. Uh, I've grown up around firearms my entire life. Stored, you know, but you know, my father taught me very safe, responsible gun storage. They're always locked mm-hmm. up. You always make sure it's unloaded, never pointed at anybody. Yep. Um, you know, the basics. Guns can be very safe if you're taught how to use them well. The problem is... There is no real, there's no mandatory education. No, absolutely not. For anybody to possess a firearm, like you need one to get a hunting license. That's what I was just about to bring up. Yeah. 
but yeah, like you I, don't I, need a hunting license to buy a gun. No, absolutely not. I remember going through firearm safety for a hunting license back in the day with my brother, and yeah, we we were taught basic gun safety, but it was never required. It was just required to get the license, and like yeah, you just you just go go to Walmart, fill out a form, wait three days, and bam, you got one. Or you go to a gun show, you get it there, and then with ammo right then and there, no background check, you're good to go. Yeah, and that's like the part that will make upsets me with that, like you know the knowing that responsible gun ownership can exist and i and i understand why they do it but they talk about these um assault weapon bans and the semi-auto weapon bans and it to me it really feels like they're like well you know in case there was a shooter he, he won't have a 30 round ar-15 he'll have a, a five round bolt action rifle or whatever he won't be able to kill as many people I'm like yeah, but like I feel like we should really be focusing on preventing these shootings in the first place versus just limiting. Okay, so instead of five mass shootings where 150 people die, we're gonna have five mass shootings where 50 people die, which is obviously better that less people mm-hmm. died. But how about we shoot for one mass shooting, zero mass shootings? Exactly. We, and and it's, instead it's, of we're focusing not on the, the problem. Yeah, like and even like I don't have a problem. Like. With gun control, like I think common sense gun control is a very good thing. It's very, it's incredibly logical. I mean, common sense is in the name. Mentally exactly. ill people, violent criminals, should not possess firearms. I think everybody can agree on that for the most mm-hmm. part. Well, it's it's one of the most uh, universally across the aisle things that gets by by like partisan support. Like the only thing that's like more in favor of is like having more money. Is like being able to like get a higher wage. Like in some cases, like. The average person's gonna vote for those things, yes. So, like, obviously, the corporation are gonna be the ones that have the sway and say no. But it's, I think it's something like 75 to 80 percent of people across both across both aisles support universal background checks and ending like gun show loopholes and stuff like that. Like, it's incredibly yeah. popular. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, and like, yeah, this it's very simple. Like, background checks, mental health examinations. I think even mandatory training and like a firearms license. Now you need a license to drive. You need a license to drive a car. Why don't you need a license to own a gun? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like and you're not like you're not limiting people's rights to own the firearm. Like you're not like saying like oh you can't have guns. You're just saying like we need to do this safely and responsibly. Mm-hmm. I remember someone made the analogy at some point. I think it was a fairly prominent um, politician said some uh, sometimes a vote is more powerful than a bullet. Which I mean, if you want to look like grand scale, it definitely can be. So you have to, and it'll be the same Republican lawmakers that say, all right, you need an ID to vote. Well, then you need an ID to have a gun, or you need training to have, like, a license to have that gun. You can't pick and choose right here. If you're going to yeah, say a vote is more powerful, it has to be training. Yeah. yeah. Because another part of it, too, so we talked about the mental health aspect of it, too. The, I, I'd say, in my opinion, um, the more prevalent problem with um, uh, shootings and guns in general in America specifically is the culture that we have created around them. We we're basically taught from like very early age that oh it's an American thing to have guns. Like if you don't have guns, you're not you're maybe even like less so of a patriot. Because like what are the three things you're taught growing up? God, gun, and freedom. Yep. Like really, we're gonna put we're gonna put guns above freedom? Like seriously? Why why are uh, those the three tenets? This disillusionment that I saw this I believe this was a Hassan take. Um, it's the we need guns to stand up against if our government ever becomes tyrannical. First of all, 
you're gonna get boned. Okay, you're, like you're, you're losing that. I'm fight sorry. Immediately. I'm sorry. Your AR-15 is not gonna cut it. Second of no, all, they have railguns. Second of all, you think our government's not a tyranny, dude? We <laughs> live under a tyrannical government. What part we about vote, our government is not tyrannical? We we vote for the color of tie of our tyranny every four years. That's the decision yeah. you get to make. Like it's like oh well if our government's ever tyrannical like our government is tyrannical. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like, if, especially abroad, but it, we we see it for, we see it uh, domestically too. Like if if you're a minority or a non-straight white male, you're going to be discriminated against at a government the, level. You... The definition of tyranny is cruel and oppressive government or rule. In what way is that not our fucking police state that we live in? Yeah, that a hundred percent describes what we like what we have right now. Especially like I said, if you're if you're not a straight white male. Yeah, I, I mean, look, literally just looking at the criminal justice system is incredibly cruel and incredibly oppressive. Yeah, it's it's down. It's almost like that that definition you just like looked up. That's almost word for word what the prison state like is. Um, and it's just it's impossible to get out of. It's incredibly expensive. Everything like that to like escape from. So you're just forced to go back into it. But guess what? If you're taking away someone's choice, that is tyranny as a as a form of government. Yeah. Yeah, we don't need and to get. I mean, abroad. obviously the police state and the the prison state is a problem. We there's too much to unpack there for this episode. But we'll definitely be addressing oh, yeah. that in a later, mm -hmm. at a later date. But um, yeah, it's the the fetish the feta, fetishization. I don't. I, the hard words, words are hard. Yeah. Of like guns, it's like the oh, if you're you're a man, you don't own a gun, you're a pussy. Mm -hmm, like it's it's like so ingrained into work, like, especially you know like us growing up in a, I mean not super rural but more rural. Mm -hmm. Everybody has it. It's like just how it was. Town, yeah. yeah, I mean even uh, we got we're fortunate enough that it was a somewhat of a false alarm, but we almost lived through an active shooter situation in high school. We did. Uh, yeah, we went. We went into full threat. lockdown. Police came in and swept the school. There was never actually a shooter there, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's very threat. scary stuff. Yeah, it's very, very, like, ter it's terrifying. One, uh, we can actually discuss a little bit more at length too. It's, um, because for some reason I thought you were with um a couple of our other buddies going to that uh, Five Finger concert. I thought you were there for some reason. No, I was not. Okay, yeah. So we were, we we're both in school that day, but. So I was in band at the time, and obviously the band room was like that new section, like right by the exit of the high school. So yeah. we, we lock, we lock and barricade the doors. Which, by, by, by the way, I've always said this since I was like sixth, seventh grade. We look back now, like five decades ago, back or whatever it was, the, 50, the seventy years ago, the fifty, when they would do like nuclear threats where they just hide under the desk. Look at that, like it's stupid. People will look like that in fifty years and look back at our active shooter drills, like we're like we're idiots too. What, you don't think they went to school, they know, if the lights are off, no one's there? No, they're hiding in a corner, just open the door, they're there. We should be at, like, if anything, like, look for a, like, way to defend yourself, or, if, in the case of the banned one, leave the building. We have one door, you're, just go. But, regardless, Andrew. Yeah, we're standing uh, here. <laughs> Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, please, please continue your story. Oh, okay, so, we're sitting in, we're sitting in here, and obviously, like, the, the alarm goes off, we're all playing, so we didn't hear it. Someone comes in, they're like, oh, um principal just came over made the announce the word and uh, active shooter thing obviously everyone's heart rate starts going um personally i wasn't that worried about it because i'm like i don't know it seems like a very random place in the building to go to or whatever it was um because i think earlier that morning i actually heard the story about the kid before we can elaborate on that too is um so we're, we're huddled in this corner and people around me are pulling are like pulling out like just like 
forms of like calming. Like I know some, a couple people around me were playing some games. Someone was uh, reading from a Bible or whatever they needed to feel calm about themselves. And here's a uh, band instructor just like genuinely like having to calm everyone down. They're not prepared for that. They're gonna have, have similar trauma. And then out of nowhere, just bang, bang the door. And then all of a sudden the door flings open. Everyone gasps at what? It's the janitor. Oh hey guys, what's up? Like, what? Dude, don't do that. <laughs> Have I ever told you that? That's so fucked up. No. He, he literally walked in. He was checking the outside lock as if something was like, he's like, oh, hey, what's up, guys? And it, like, yeah, like, he was just like, oh, not, nothing much except for, like, the 50 heart attacks you just gave us. Like, you dude, just, what? You just gave somebody generational trauma. <laughs> like, just bang, bang, door flings open. Hey, guys. <laughs> I think it was Bob, dude. Bob the gym. Oh, fucking Bob. Yeah, I had a very, a somewhat similar, I remember hearing, because our, our lockdown started during the very beginning of third period, mm-hmm. so, like, it was around 10 o'clock, we had been at school for a couple hours, and I remember, like, because a kid, the kid who, like, it all started around, like, posted on, like, his snap story the night before, like, a picture, a video, whatever, of him with a gun, basically saying mm-hmm. he was going to shoot up the school. And yeah, he then came it, then to class that morning. Like that. Yeah. yeah, somebody reported him, came to class that morning, and he got arrested before school even started. Mm-hmm. Like, cops came in and took him out, searched his backpack. I no, I still don't know if they ever found a weapon on him. I don't think they did. I don't think they did either. I think it was just, like, his, like one of his parents' guns that he was showing off in, like, FaceTime or a video or whatever like that to his friends. Yeah, so that happened, and there was all these rumors going around. And uh, so I walked into my third period class with a, a teacher was also one of my conservation club advisors and so you know but and he's like in on the gossip like he's interested oh, yeah. he wants the team and so you know we're kind of like gossip we're like spending like the first 25 minutes of this class just talking about it and all of a sudden it comes on over the intercom you know Wakonia high school has entered uh active shooter lockdown mm-hmm. and i uh, i have gotta hand it to props to mr trap handled this situation phenomenally he t- took all the direct course of action he stood up very calmly walked to the door, locked it, got everybody into the back of the classroom. Uh, very calmly, it was very like a safe presence. I felt honestly was very calm, felt very safe the mm-hmm. whole time he was there. I'm still very thankful to Mr. Trap for the way he handled that. Yeah, and, and, he, I, think, uh, and I think Poland handled it very well at the end too. Yeah, I, I uh, props to the entirety staff of the Waconia High School mm-hmm. handled the situation phenomenally. The only the um, only caveat I'll give with that was the fall because this happened on a Friday. So we have the rest. Like we, we got dismissed from school, so we, we got to go home early. I think the only caveat I'll make to the school system and the school like faculty handling it well was Monday when we came back. Do you remember what uh, the principal like pre- principal told us in that assembly the next Monday? I do not. We get we get pulled into the auditorium, and you know this is probably going to be like, uh, hey, this is going to be like uh, we just got to like fr- figure out what we're going to do this, like next time. If there's going to be a next time, it's like like figure out like what we're going to do. No, no. no. Proceeds to bring us in there, and then proceeds to lecture us for 30 minutes per class, because it was like per grade level. It was like 30 minutes per grade level of how we messed up and how we were, it's, it's up to us to quell rumors like that. It was all because of us yep. that we had to go and lock that. It was, we blamed us entirely. Took absolutely yeah, because no we were spreading rumors. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that is the only caveat I'll give to the faculty handling. But, but, it's, but it's not like they're trained to handle this. Like, I'm not blaming them at all. Yeah. It shouldn't be a problem that teachers have to worry about, especially, like, like younger levels, like, obviously with Yovolde. Like, some kindergarten teacher should not have to deal with someone walking in with an automatic weapon and shooting their kids and having to 
like put their bodies over these kids to save them. That should not be even yeah, that's in the realm not of in their job them. description. No, absolutely not. And I, yeah, I so will say right to, after the back to this. Oh, complete oh, go. I was gonna say right after the Uvalde thing, because uh, obviously it's the same situation every time. Shooting happens. Everyone mourns for two, three days. They move on to the next one. Say, oh, what could we done to prevent this? People grandstand and act like, oh, this is gonna be the this is this is the solution we gotta do. And then it happens again, and everyone's acting like this surprise. They didn't actually address any of the roots of the problem, both mental health and the fetishization. Well, and they just never do anything. They're like, this is terrible. How could we have stopped this? Let's do literally nothing. I bet it won't happen again. Mm-hmm, absolutely. No. Well, I, back to when I was in Mr. Trapp's class, and that being him being our conservation club advisor, and I was, we were seniors, and I had a, because um, I was a, one of the co-presidents of the conservation club, had a key to like all, a lot of the gear that we had stored in there and he walks back and goes Griffin do you still have the key I gave you I go yeah and he goes let me see it and I oh gave boy. it to him and he walks back and he unlocks a couple cupboards and he grabs a hatchet and axe and a shovel and distributes them to some of the larger seniors in our class classic and he so goes, that was definitely goes, not you goes, you're, you're five six looking ass yeah I know hey I'm five <laughs> nine be nice to me with three inch shoes hey hey uncalled for Right, um, but he grabs an axe and he walks the door. He goes, "Not in my house, boys!" And it just like chills at like chills next to the door. See, I thought you were gonna so, go like a very different way because I could definitely see Trap doing this. Like he has like a handgun or something in there. Like I was like, <laughs> but at least, okay, no, at least it absolutely. wasn't that. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, but yeah, he did a fantastic job of making sure everybody was calm and felt safe. And, mm. and that is, yeah, it was that weird. Is it was a very surreal experience. It was, it was very a very strange. surreal experience. Because you, you always say, like, oh, it happened there, but it never happened to yours. But, like, and to be fair, yeah. it didn't happen to ours, but we definitely, at the time, thought it was. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, because right after, we were in lockdown for probably about two hours. Now, I remember uh, texting my mom, because they sent out, all they did was send out an email to the parents. Yep. yep. And my, my parents just never got an email. Um, so I remember texting my mom after we, like, because, like, I hadn't heard from them, and I'm like... I wonder if they just did check their email. Like, they're going to want to know I'm okay. So I sent my mom a text or, like, my parents in a group chat. I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. Like, I'm safe. I'm in Trap's class. You know, and they're like, oh, like, we hadn't heard anything. Like, keep your head down, I guess. Like, so they were fucking freaking out. And then, See, I, uh, I wish I could say my parents also freaked out, but knowing Sean and Steph, you'll be, you won't be surprised to figure out that they weren't. So... <laughs> Me and my brother, we get in the car after school's dismissed, and we're driving home, and we call our folks. We're like, hey, we're on our way home. We're all good and everything like that. My mom responds, wait, what happened? Like, generally, like, they were just like, and then, because they, they got the email. They thought it was something, because it was snowing that day, too. They thought it was just like, oh, school's going to get canceled. They were Christmas shopping at the time. And they were just like, and my dad gets on the phone, and he's like, oh, you guys are okay? All right, see you at home. Yep. Like, literally, like, not even an ounce of sympathy, so there, there's that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just remember, I have a very, very vivid memory of walking out of the school, because we all went home right after the lockdown was over, and just, there's like eight cop cars out, and there's cops with rifles, like, do, surrounding yeah, the school, that. and it was just, it was very weird, it was very surreal. The entire Waconia police force was at Waconia High School that day. Yeah, it was weird. But increased police budget. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they need takes, they need takes. Yeah, it's cop city, cop city. Okay, um, so I guess we can move on from that. We That will definitely be an episode in its own right, literally just talking about um, that going forward. I didn't lose you if my computer went to sleep, right? We're all good? Yeah, we're still good. Okay, okay, good. 
but anyway, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that at length in another in a future episode. Probably uh, talk about some more people besides us. But um, yeah, very, our hearts go out to the, the victims' families, uh, the Michigan State thing, and we truly do plead for some some change, whether that be systemic or cultural, or because yeah, it's just becoming unacceptable and it needs to end. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, I've seen quite a few people. I mean, kids who survived Sandy Hook or survived Oxford and then having it happen to them again in college is just unfathomable. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's how our hearts unfair. go out. Hearts I, go I, out to I, the victims, everybody at Michigan State, their families. Um, I've, uh, I actually have some buddies that go there um, and they're all sophomores too because all the, all the victims were sophomores just like us. And um, yeah, they, they were left from a couple blocks from where it happened. And, uh, but truly, my heart's go out to all you guys and everyone that was involved, especially the victims' families. It's really heartbreaking. Um, but, um, the, hopefully, as I've always said, the best source is, um, comedy to help, uh, help grief, and we'll just move, uh, move past a little bit more, and like I said, we'll talk about it more another time, so we'll definitely be tabling it for another time, but, as I, br- as I brought up at the beginning of this episode, it is President's Day, a, a, a holiday that is, should not be a thing, in, in my opinion, I'm not sure about you, Bush, but I assume you, uh, you know, I am in agreement. Yeah, it should not be a, it should not be a thing. It should not be celebrated, especially presents that we've had so far. Um, it celebrates because I, I believe it's like the equinox between Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday, or something like that. I think that's something where, like that. where the day comes from. Whatever. But in honor of our most favorite holiday, we have decided we are going to talk about the Executive Article Two of the Constitution, presidency. Now, we, we mentioned earlier that Nikki Haley has announced her candidacy as well as Donald Trump and John Bolton for the Republicans. Currently, there is no Democratic candidate. Uh, it is presumptively that is going to be Joe Biden, but he has not declared his candidacy for 24 yet. Um, and I feel like the longer he waits, the less likely he's going to. Like, he's just going to pull, like, pull the rug out from everyone else, but I don't see him not doing it. Yeah, I'm... I, I Obviously, I'm not a Brandon supporter. Mm. Uh, but I also don't hate Brandon... I, I think he's been fine. Yeah, um, I, think, I don't. Yeah, he's governed. He's, I, I know I mentioned this at one point, but he's governed as one of the most progressive presidents by default. I mean, it's not that's not hard to do, but because yeah. um, everyone else has just been extremely right wing. But um, with the student loan forgiveness program, that's that's been good. Getting people uh, back into the workforce in general, trying to lower uh, costs by breaking up these big corporations like holds on prices and everything like that. That is pretty good. But yeah. um. In general, yeah, he, he's like he's like a C minus. He's not bad, but he's not great. Like I, I, I obviously hope for better, but there it could be a lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. <laughs> that it could. Um, yeah. So but yeah, it just I I don't want to see him run again personally, just because I. It's the same trope of eighty year old white men in the office. Exactly. Um, at least elects a younger white man. Yeah, I'd say. I do support an age limit. Um, I know I brought that up, but I do support an age limit because I think, if I'm if I remember right, if and when he runs in 24, by the time he'll be 82 or 83 at the time, that means by the end of his second term, if he was to run and win again, he'd be close to 90 years old. No one that mm-hmm. is 90 years old was born in 1947, I believe was his birthday, whatever it is. No one there can accurately like represent the voter that was born in 2010. Or even two thousand. Nope. Like you're just simply removed from that age. Yeah, you don't get it. 
Um, I mean, you even see that with like, how far removed boomers are from like writers. Like, why don't you just yeah. go work at McDonald's and buy a house? Like, excuse me. Yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's not a thing. You can't do that. Uh, if I work at McDonald's, I can't afford to eat. What makes you think I'm going to buy a house? Exactly. Owning things? What? Renting. That's what? You can own a house? What? Now, I know that we have talked about this before. Not not maybe, uh, not on this show, but I know we've talked about it personally. Uh, it's very seldomly talked about, but um, quietly after the 2020 election, I think it was sometime early in 2021, right after Biden was inaugurated, the RNC backed out of the Commission for Presidential Debate. So it is unlikely, if not impossible, that we will ever see a national presidential debate in our lifetime because there's no way that the RNC will join back because they, they got destroyed in the 2020 debate. Like, they're just not going to do it. And there's absolutely no chance in hell that the DNC would agree to be on a Republican-led debate. Like, no, it's not going to happen. It wouldn't happen. No, it can't. The, that commission is the only reason that they exist in the first place, and it only gave us two instead of the normal three last time. So the fact that it fell apart entirely, yeah, it's never going to come back. I think that's kind of, like, I think that should be, like, I would like to see a new provision put in place that, like, it's mandatory. Yes, I, I need to see the candidates actually interact and actually address issues, like, against each other. Like, as, yeah. as bad as the format of debating is in general, I think it does allow at least voters that, now granted, this is only, like, appeals to, like, 1 or 2% of voters that somehow don't make up their minds beforehand, but it does allow them to actually, like, get to hear them, because I don't care if you're the biggest Biden or Trump in, in the case of 2020, I don't care if you're the biggest, like, diehard supporters of them, you're not going to pull up, like, every single speech they ever make on their campaign rally. The only time you're really going to focus on what they're actually saying is when they're trying to destroy the other one across the state. Yeah. And, like, I see the flaw in debates. I think people put too much stake into them because at the end of the day, like, people, like, like, you'll see, like, Obama did phenomenal in the mm -hmm. debate stage because he's a very charismatic. He's a great speaker. Yep. Same with even, like, Donnie did well because mm, he's a good speaker. Yep. Yeah, he's a good speaker. Um, I think you put people put a little too much stake in that. They see him as winning the debate, which, in their eye, makes him the better candidate. Mm -hmm. Even though, like, they, I mean, they may have quote unquote won a debate because they talked better or whatever. But I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta look at policy. Like, this on the dot, you know, spur decisions. Like, basically, whose fucking team gave them the most throwaway lines? Yep, absolutely. When they when they get it, when they get a bad question, it's absolutely yeah. It is just talking points. Yep. Yeah. 100%. So it's literally just pulls down to who's the better speaker, which can be important yeah, in a candidate, but policy is obviously way more important. Mm -hmm. And how you're, yeah, like the, the history of governance and everything like that. Yeah. But now let's get to the meat of this episode. It's going to be a little bit longer than usual. If you haven't noticed already, we're already, I think, 40 minutes in. So uh, this will be the, the largest chunk of it. We have a compiled list of our top five and bottom five presidents, and I want to preface this. Because me and Griffin are on the same page with this. Our top five, we don't mean the best, we mean the least bad. Because even my number one, I still heavily criticize, and I heavily, I'm not a follower of by any means. Because they're all, there has been no perfect president, there has been no even really good president. There's just been decent or bad. So, our top five is more like our not, not bottom five. So, I guess we'll start with that, and then we'll get to the real bad ones. Um, I guess we'll start with number five and work out, Bush. Do you want to do that? Yeah, it works for me. Right. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Kick us off, man. All right. At my number five, I have recently admitted into hospice, Jimmy Carter. Ooh, yes. That, that, that did happen this week. I forgot about that. 
Yes. Uh, you know, he's fine. He's a very, very much an establishment uh, Democrat. Yep. Uh, but did a lot for the the civil rights movement. Uh, a lot in the ways of like promoting equality and pushing out the Civil Rights Act and like you know helping to really like ensure that equality, especially as a man coming from the South, is admirable. Mm-hmm. The uh, he also, um, he hit the Carter family famously a huge like peanut family like generational wealth peanut family mm-hmm. and he uh renounced or sold all of his like uh shares or ownership in the family peanut company in order to like avoid conflicts of interest while he was in office that is very odd so uh that's why i i got i got my boy jimmy at number five not not a bad choice i i, I will also preface that on says but we have not seen each other's list at all um the only one that Bush knows is my number one, as we mentioned right before we started. But, uh, uh, but other than that, uh, these are completely blind. So there's no influence over the other on this. Um, and we will probably be going back and forth just uh, shitting each other's list. So, uh, yeah, please destroy it. <laughs> We're coming up with my number five, mostly because of um, a class I took in high school. We actually took it together. Coming from our speech class, Bush, I have half as my number five. Now, now this. this <laughs> I remember I, that speech. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I do want to point. I, I want to point this out because I, I brought this up. I think to my dad, and he didn't know this. I because very few people do. Uh, Howard Taft is a perfect example of propaganda being used on like the mainstream populace. Like, especially back then, a lot of a lot fewer people educated. But even out today, when you say the name Howard Taft, what is the first thing you think of? The president, and he's fat. He's, he's fat, and he died in the bathtub. Those are the two yeah, things exactly. that everyone talks about. And you want to know why everyone thinks about that? It's because his main political rival at the time, Teddy Roosevelt, campaigned heavily and financed propaganda across the media that, oh my god, he's so fat, and everything like that, so that it stuck so proficiently. But unlike that, if you actually look at his accomplishments, he was actually a fairly progressive president for, for the time, of course, and... And the most notable thing about his accomplishment, he is the only person in American history to serve as president and then to go on to serve in the Supreme Court. But no one knows that because propaganda runs so deep. And I will say, I put this also as my note for why he's number five. Because, like, he bumped up from, like, I was probably going to put Carter at five, but then I, I bumped him out because of this little sole fact. Howard Taft's father's name was Alfonso. I love that. <laughs> Alfonso Taft. What a guy. Yes. That's a good... You know what? I, I like Taft at five. That's a good pick. Yeah, I'll give you that. A little, little bit of a sleeper. A little bit of a sleeper. I'll, I'll give it to him. Uh, should we cool. bounce back and forth like snake order? Like, I'll go my number four, then you and go from there. Yeah, that works for me. Okay. So, coming at number four, we're, the rest of the names are definitely all known more than Howard Taft. Um, we got number four. We've got the man killed on November 22nd, 1963, John F. Kennedy. So, I put JFK on my top five, or my least bad five, whatever you want to call it, because of a couple factors. He was, again, he was fairly progressive for the time. He did want to expand civil rights extremely, wanted to get the Voting Rights Act published. He worked extensively with Martin Luther King Jr. and tried to help the, the African-American popul- uh, population as best he could in his short presidential term. And another a huge factor that put him on my list, he really, really was anti-imperialist. Which is kind of weird, considering it was Cold War time. He really did not want to, like, have any involvement in Cuba anymore after the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, he wanted them to be able to govern themselves. And, like, listen, man, you guys do you, we'll do us. 
never the twain shall meet kind of thing. So he wanted to end U.S. imperialism in Cuba. And as our shared advisory teacher would put it, and I tend to agree with this, the CIA was like, no, 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 we're not going to let that happen, so we're going to shoot you for it. Uh, Absolutely. Was assassinated by, in my opinion, the CIA to stop because he wanted to end any involvement in Cuba, especially he was against forming a coup d'etat against Cuba, refused to invade Cuba and uh, overthrow Chavez and why am I blanking on his name? Fidel. Fidel. And yeah, so he ekes into my top four because of those reasons. Oh, and, and he was a huge part of the space program. I'm a huge nerd. I really like space. I really like NASA, so I gotta give him on that. And famously, he fucks. That's true. He was... People talk about Donnie being the playboy. That man had oh. just scores of women in the White House, including the Marilyn Monroe. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, you can't outtop that. So, no. uh, I don't hate JFK there. Uh, you know, I actually didn't know that about his anti-imperialist stance. I kind of figured mm-hmm. he was just his role in the Cold War. But uh, that's right. You're teaching me something new today, Cameron. That's always, always a surprise. My number four was a big favorite of our APUS history teacher. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this one. But oh, boy. I, I actually don't know where I, you're going. Because there is, there, is there is some very black and white here because there's a lot of things he did that I really didn't like, but a lot of things he did that I really did like. Okay. Theodore Roosevelt. The boy okay. Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. I, okay, I can see it. Let's the, man, the man's got shot. Okay, he got he died three times and was still alive. Um, he, yeah, he was he's unkillable. the American Rasputin. Well, like, yeah, we, he's we unkillable. Both, we both went for the same thing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, National Parks, established National Parks. He did a lot for, like, early, um, like, conservative, um, conservationism and environmentalism. He did a lot for that. Yeah, you got me. Um, but also for, uh, um... I'm blanking here. It did a lot in, like, uh, progressive and, like, trust busting. Broke mm-hmm. up monopolies. Good call. Um, he was very, 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 like, he just, I mean, obliterated them. Broke them all, like, all the fucking kerosene businesses and the railroad businesses. He shot on them. He took a big, yep. fat, fat dookie all on their profits and said, you can't be a monopoly anymore. Exactly. Some downsides, he was the imperialist. <laughs> <laughs> that, that he was. <laughs> yeah. You see, you're, that might have been your land... But now it's mine, and I'm gonna build a canal. I'm going, <laughs> Panama, you belong to me now. <laughs> Philippines, you're mine. Cuba, I, you're also. I'm gonna. I'm gonna attempt to make you mine. Yeah, I, I will say, I don't know. I don't know if you know this in your research of the Tedster, but do you know he was also a huge inspiration for Batman? I did not. Yeah. See, see, Teddy obviously was born in a, a fairly prominent family. The Roosevelts are very old money family, and. Um, he wrote his uh, diet, like, obviously he had asthma as a kid, so he was a uh, very, like, uh, very underdog kind of like that way. His father died when he was pretty young, not to the age of, like, Batman or, like, traumatic things like that. But there was trauma later in his life when he was, I think, 20s or maybe even early 30s. Like, he wrote in his diary journal every day, and there's, what, I can't remember the exact date, but, when, and, like, the exact age, but there was one point, he was living out in his cabin in, I think, I think he was still in New York at the time, because he was born and raised in New York, um, and in his cabin... Him, his mom, and his wife. And his mom and wife die the same day, different illnesses. And he has to care for both of them and bury them both the same day. And he, and he writes on his journal that day, the only thing he writes is, today, all is lost. And just, like, puts, like, a big X through it. 
and like the next journal entry is like I have condemned myself to death and he planned to go out into the Badlands of North Dakota and just wait for him to die like he was like just gonna be this noble warrior quest he goes out there he finds himself spiritually decides you know what I'm gonna stop people from feeling sad like I do just like Bruce Wayne he come he decides to come back to New York New York City and establishes like the first like police fund kind of thing and he like goes through and tries to end poverty and tries to end crime so like kind of a Batman yeah uh, Teddy is a very uh, very black and white as he did a lot of really good things and a lot of really bad things. Mm-hmm. But I, I give him the edge, and he's cool. I mean, he's Teddy. He, he, he so can definitely he, rock get, he gets my black. number four spot. Yeah, he can definitely rock black. Yeah, he, he gets my number four spot. Mm-hmm. Plus, he was a short king. Was he actually? Yeah, he was a little guy. He was like 5'3". Oh, damn, I didn't know that. See, more propaganda. He was, he was said to be taller than Howard Town. Yeah. All right. Uh, don't well, quote push. me on that. Yeah. It is a number three. <laughs> All right. My number three, some of you might think it's a bit low, but I'm going for it. We've got the big man himself, Honest Abe. Okay. Uh, obviously, ended slavery. Quote-unquote ended. Quote-unquote ended slavery. I mean, forced the Confederacy back into the Union unconstitutionally, the tyrant. Yep, yep. Um, uh, I mean, emancipated the slaves. Uh, whether or not you want to say that's him as his personal beliefs or him doing what he thought would help them win the war, I'll, I'll hear both of them. It doesn't matter at the end of the day, he did free the slaves. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't really get a chance to um, implement his reconstruction plans. I'll yep. touch on that later. I've got another guy on one of my lists Oh boy! when it comes to reconstruction. I can imagine um, that. I can already hear the glug glug. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, he freed the slaves, he won the war, he got popped, uh, a lot of people don't know this, Abraham Lincoln, famously, not actually not famously, kind of a racist. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, he was in favor of, take, he hated black people so much, he didn't even, I mean, he was anti-slavery, which is a good thing, but he didn't like black people so much that he just wanted to send them all back to Africa, so we didn't have to look at them. His early political campaign was very strongly enforced by that. So, say what you will, at the end of the day, he, he kicked the racist ass, and he freed the slaves. So, he gets my number three spot. Not bad, not bad. Um, okay, with mine. Now, mine is a little bit of a shocker, and definitely probably my most polarizing, I would probably say, on my top five. We've oh, got no. the man, the myth, the legend, the LBJ. Okay, now hear me out. Now, he was famously... Pretty racist. Obviously, he's from the South and everything like that. And I, I, ta- I take this argument from my my co-leader of our political club. He is famously an LBJ, an LBJ fan. And he told me about this too. Like, as much as as terrible of a person he probably was, he did more policy-wise for the African American community than basically every other president. He just bullied every Southern state, every state in general, to just do what he wanted, whether that be. Uh, shitting in front of them or taking his dick out in front of them, his Big John, as you would call it. Whether that was the yeah, case, fam- famously was packing. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah, he had a thing, and he, he was he would generally just use that. He would he used the bully pulpit more than most other presidents in their entire term in like his first like two years, and he got so much done for the African American community. He, he he definitely earned a spot here, and he was very bipartisan. Like I said, basically. Instead of working across the aisle, he basically bullied across the aisle. But hey, you do what you get, you do what you can to get the job done. 
Martin Luther King famously endorsed him in his presidential run in 64 before he was assassinated. And, uh, yeah, he garnered a lot of African-American support solely because of the fact that he was such a Southern bully. So then I, I, I have to do a little bit of pushback. Yeah, please, destroy me. Vietnam. See, yes, I, like I said, <laughs> these are still my top least five bad. They're all terrible people, but I just say because of the policy wise, at home he was fairly progressive. He was fairly, he was fairly pro African American community. Okay, okay, I but can, yeah, I can get behind Vietnam that. Vietnam, is still that. bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And then moving on to my right. two is our first repeat of this list. Actually, that's where I put my Lincoln pick was number two. Okay, that's fair. I went back on him with my two and three. Yeah, see, I, I also was thinking that too. I was like, should I put? Yeah, but I couldn't. I couldn't justify putting LBJ above Abraham Lincoln. Like, I just, that's so fair. Yeah, <laughs> and as I, as I put in my notes, he officially quote unquote ended slavery, still legal under the Thirteenth Amendment. Whatever. He uh, sacrificed most of his personal life, including like the relationship with like most of his family, to like best suit the presidency, especially the commander in chief role during the Civil War. Did his absolute damnedest to try to keep the Union together. Failed, but brought it back together eventually. He, um, as you mentioned before, his early political career, he was very racist, very anti-black. But, you know, historians argue back and forth of whether, like you said, it was just for, like, policy-wise or it was actually his core beliefs. I think I lean more towards it being more his personal beliefs being grown in the North, in Illinois. One of the first Yeah, I, I would agree. I would like to think that he changed his mind. Yeah, so I think because of that... He earns the number two spot, and yeah, I think it's also because he's tall. Like, he's really tall. <laughs> he was tall, and he had a cool hat and a cool beard. Exactly. I mean, he was, he was just kind of sad. Like, he, he was he dripped out. He, he was dripped out, 100%. All right, Bush, I want I want to hear this number two, and then I want to hear number one so bad. All right. Uh, my number two, who I think is your number one, I have our second Roosevelt on the list. Okay, frankly. okay. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, the most progressive president of all time. Um, you can, or I will hear arguments of executive overreach on what he did, yep. but you cannot deny that his policy ended the Great Depression. I mean, the oh, yeah, Civil Engineering Corps, the Civil Engineering Corps, what he did to ensure like people were fed and housed and got jobs, and then, you know, people like to give World War II the credit. We, the Depression was almost over yep. by the time we entered the war, yep. and it's almost single-handedly thanks to him. Oh, yeah. He he was... The, the WPA saved the economy of the, of the United States in the 30s, and if it wasn't yep. for him using those overreaches to, for that cause, this definitely would never have happened. Yeah, and the, um, the Civilian Engineering Corps, I mean, we still use roads, bridges... I mean, trails by the, the the CCC. I mean, all over the country, so much of our infrastructure was built during this time in, in a broken and struggling economy. Not only did he drag us out of it, but managed to build some really good lasting infrastructure. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and programs, too. Yeah, and I think we need to take a look at what he did and maybe take a little bit of a step back. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Bush. Let's hear your number one, because I am dying to hear this. If you had and FDR my, two, I want to hear this shit. And if it's, my if number gonna, one. If you're going to be cliche, I'm going to reach across the screen. I'm going to hit you in the mouth. Uh, I don't think you're going to know who. I don't think you predicted this one. Okay. My number one, the man, the myth, the legend. His name is so fitting. Ulysses S. Grant, U.S. Okay, Grant. Good, good, okay. good. I thought I, you thought thought I was going to say Washington, didn't you? I thought you were going to say Washington, and thank God you didn't. 
I have Ulysses S. Grant. I mean, uh, general of the Union Army during the Civil War was fa- very, very famously uh, in support of black people, tr- treated the slaves very well, even treated the black men in his regiments well, even though they were still, you know, sub like worse than his white soldiers, but he still treated them pretty well, and he advocated for them to be treated better. He freed all the slaves he came across, famously obliterated the KKK during his presidency. I mean, had them all murdered, like, on site, which is awesome. The only thing he uh, killed more of were bottles of alcohol. He downed yeah, he a was, lot of alcohol. <laughs> he was famously a great drinker, too. Uh, and that's what, like, a lot of the propaganda against him is he yep. was a bit of a drunk. But, I mean, he did... It was fa- And then his reconstruction policies were very, very progressive, especially for the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did, really did a lot to, like... Um, help like black people like establish themselves in a southern society that hated them and didn't want them and like did a lot to help the south rebuild in a better less racist way and he was very very hard on racism and that kind of indentured servitude and like remnant confederates and kkk so for that reason my man u.s grant is my greatest president of all time you know how it's always like the stereotype of like when people get drunk they get more racist or more like bigoted in general I think he got less. I was going to say, if his drunkness is the less racist version, like, damn. Okay, man. You you cracked the code. Yeah. If he was just drunk while he was freeing all these people. But you know what? Yeah, I I respect the number one. He he almost made my top five. I'd probably put him as, like, six or seven. Fair enough. As you predicted, my number one is the second Roosevelt. We got FDR. As you said, most progressive president we've ever had. Um, Led through most of World War II. I don't think he would have dropped the, the A-bomb as um, Truman would have, but whatever, we can debate that regardless. I think he was a very globalist president in perspective. He wanted to establish some kind of worldwide, worldwide relief fund. He established Social Security, um, brought millions of people out of poverty, gave people, got people back into the workforce, helped people. There's a reason why he was the only president ever elected three times before, like, obviously establishing the term limit. But there's a reason why he was so popular, and that's because you know what? People got money. As as we've said every episode of Preacher, how you get votes, you give people money. So he people yeah. love money. Yes, exactly. So you give the workers actually a chance. You actually give them unions. You give them like the like everything that they want. They'll vote for you. Now, yeah. obviously, the big pushback with FDR, and I put this on here, is why he's still not the top best. He's still just the five least worst. The Japanese internment was a hundred percent. Yeah. That is a hundred percent the worst thing that ever happened. Uh, under his under his rule, treated um, Asian Americans probably one of the worst that uh, any president before like before and since has, and should definitely not be uh, like glorified for any sense because of that. But policy wise, alone besides that, was very progressive in his mindset. And I, as I'm in 100% agreement that Japanese internment camps were awful. Uh, he was in his defense under a lot of pressure from Congress yep. to do that, yep. but he still supported it. I mean, he yep. was not, like, adamantly against it, so he's complicit. Absolutely, and he was also, like I said with uh, with LBJ, he was famously in use of the bully pulpit, so he, if, if he truly didn't, like, want to do that policy, he definitely could have found a way around it, but he didn't push back enough that he couldn't. Yep, I But agree. because of his progressiveness, he, put, he, he lands on my top of the least best. But now, we come to the more the fun, fun list. Part. Let's the get fun list. to the absolute bottom of the barrel, worst president. <laughs> we are going to have a great time with this. 
And if we are not going to be able to contain ourselves, because I will be laughing this entire time. <laughs> um, I'm already laughing. Okay, so I think you started with five or, with the best one, or did I? Yeah, why don't you go first? Why don't you go okay, first okay. on this one? So, my number five, yes, I'm going to get a lot of complaints about this, because it's cliche, blah, 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 whatever. I picked the Don man as number five. He's five from the bottom. <sighs> you did I, it. You picked I put, Donnie. I, I put Trump on there. Okay, now because of it. Now everyone's like, oh, but, oh, orange man bad. No, no, I actually have political critique of him. Policy-wise, was heavily in favor of corporations, very pro, and like very anti-unionization, everything like that. Very, um, very divisionist in that way. Sparked a lot of fascist ideologies, like basically rushed them along. They've always been present, but he basically accelerated them to the forefront more than more most candidates could. Uh, caused obviously extreme division throughout his four years and even leading up to his four years and since and you can't as as every as every uh, liberal would like to say the, the scapegoat but I'm going to bring it up you can't forget about January 6th that was on him someone did five people did die there and those are all five deaths on him 100 percent yep uh I I I probably if I had to would have Donnie as an honorable mention he's probably six or seven on my list uh, uh, the only thing I would give Donnie is his prison reform policy was pretty good. Mm. He did do; he was very progressive in that way of like reducing sentencing and getting you know some people out of prison. But that's it, and it's pretty minor. In, I mean, regardless of the rest of his policy, he is a direct result of the most probably the most political divide we've ever seen in our country. Yep, or at least uh, since the Civil War. Yeah. So, for that reason, I'm I'm okay with that pick. Okay, so I, I figured I'd get more pushback from you, but you know what? It's whatever. I mean, he's definitely not. He's definitely not number one. Like a lot of people like to say, like, "Oh my God, he's the worst we've ever yeah, had." No, he's not that even, bad. Even, even Brandon said on stage, "Like, man, you're the worst we've ever had." No, 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 no. you haven't been paying attention, bro. No. We, yeah, we will I, get to the, we will I, get to the wor- real bad ones in a sec. I don't. I don't hate Donnie on the list. I'm okay with it. Okay. I let's, have let's at number five. The vacuum man himself, not really. Herbert Hoover. Okay. Um, I, I mean, basically caused the Great Depression. Yeah, yeah, that atrocious, he did. atrocious economic policy, ruined relation trade relations with basically every country. I yeah, mean, he was so bad that they were naming the shanty towns Hoovervilles after him. <laughs> uh, yeah, famously. Uh, I mean, it took a roaring twenties, some of the best economy our country's ever seen, and shoved it down the toilet and then pooped on top of it yeah i mean that, that, that's 100% fair i was tempted to put hoover i'd probably like, like you said with trump i'd probably put him as an honorable mention like probably like i would probably say five like six or seven maybe like eight he's he's, he's not great I, i'm amazed that he got reelected. uh and yeah he definitely caused the great depression by his um economic stances and everything like that and being incredibly isolationist did not help at all <laughs> For night number four, this one this one might be hot, but I don't know. I I, I felt pretty strongly about it. I okay. have James K. Polk. Okay, elaborate. Mexican American War. Yep. You, and you, manifest destiny. Yeah, manifest destiny in general. I mean, he's like, hey, Mexico, that's um some cool land you got there. Let me just provoke the fuck out of you and take it. Cool, it's mine now. Remember the Alamo? It was not the Mexicans' fault. It was Polk's fault. He put those men there. It's his fault. He started a war unprovoked and purely for a land grab because he wanted it. 
but let's blame the main on the main. Yep, that's what I'm saying. I almost put Poke on my list, I will say that because of those exact reasons, because he also fought in the Mexican-American War, right? Or am I thinking of someone else? No, he was president. I don't remember oh, okay. who fought. I, I was thinking of someone else then. There was there was one I almost put on my list. He was a Mexican-American War quote-unquote hero, as according to the White House's website, but I read some yeah. other like stuff around him. He was like, basically a war criminal, so I'm like, he almost made it, but whatever. Coming, coming in strong with the Polk, I, I definitely would not have seen that coming. Like, he's definitely, like, one of those presidents, like, who are you sleeper. talking about? Yeah, he, he's a sleeper. Yeah, he's definitely he's a, sleeper. a sleeper pick, 100%. I will also be hitting you with a sleeper pick for my number four. Okay, because okay. Because most people, most people don't even know this name exists, because it's the most bland-ass name you can think of for a white guy. We're coming at you with John Tyler. John Tyler. <laughs> yes. I did not see that one coming. Most people probably would. He's the tenth president because no one ever cares. Basically, if you're not one sixteen or after, he didn't 14. even get elected, did he? He was a vice, wasn't he? I believe he was the first accidental president. Yes, he was. A, yeah, he was the first vice president to succeed there, like the death of falling president. Now he makes my bottom list because even for the time period that he is, the early 1800s, he was a famous racist and famous slave owner, and was quote-unquote, one of the worst slave owners of, like, his like of his region. Very, very strong uh, white supremacist, very active, like, stuff like that. Um, would basically treat his slaves very wrong. I think he had over, like, four or five hundred slaves, based off what I was reading. Jesus. And treated them all terribly. Like, when you think of Plantation, you think of John Tyler. Um, and he also has the caveat, uh, fun fact, he was severely, like, severely sympathetic to the, the point of the Confederacy, where he is the only president's death that is not recognized. That was not recognized at the time and celebrated in Washington D.C. He's the only quote-unquote traitorous president that was never celebrated at death because he was that. So he was so much for the, the Confederacy's cause that he was like, you know what, man? Even for the time, you're a little too much for it. I I can't do that. Jesus. So yeah, I'm coming with my sleeper pick, John Tyler, the guy no one ever even knows exists. Number ten. He's number number four. You, know, you got me there. I had John Tyler had fallen off my radar. Um, I did forget he existed. I mean, like, even, but, uh, even that's a good pick. A picture, that's a good pick. He just looks like every other white dude at that time. Like, yeah, he's very bland. Yeah. Plus, his name sucks. So yeah, like John Tyler, like come on, man. that's like that's he's like got two first as, names. Can't trust him. Exactly. That's almost as bad as like saying, "Oh, John Doe." Like, replace that with yeah. John Tyler, or Jane Tyler. Honestly, that's a good pick. I'm okay with that. I think number three was pretty unifying. I'm sure he's on your list at some point. We're coming in with Andrew Jackson. We're, we're number three. You have Andrew Jackson at number three. You know, you know he's not as bad as my number two, number two or number one. You know, <sighs> even though you don't know my list, you know who's coming. <sighs> but okay, okay, okay. He's, he's on my yeah. list. He's on my yeah. list. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. So obviously, we got the Indian Removal Act and the Trail of Tears. Very, very famously anti-Native American population. Uh, famously, a genocide. Yes, a hundred percent. Very terrible person. A thousand percent never going to like like stop hating on Andrew Jackson. He built his family's empire of wealth solely on slave trading, was also a very famous racist and anti like treated slave horribly. Um to this day the fact that he's on the twenty dollar bill is uh, a shame in my opinion, and it should be Harriet Tubman. I, I know that got passed at some point, I don't know when it's gonna happen, but you know what? Yeah. Terrible dude, absolutely horrendous, rot in hell. Uh, you know, I am surprised you had him that low. I am, 
I, I know who one of your ones above them is. I'm curious what the other one is. I think you know. Uh, my number three, similar name, I have Andrew Johnson. Oh, okay. Uh, right before Ulysses S. Grant, he was Lincoln's vice yep. when he was assassinated, never actually elected. And he said, Reconstruction? Yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, famously a racist, famously a Southern sympathizer. Um, Lincoln picked him as his vice, intentionally picking somebody on the other side of the aisle in order to be more unifying, attempt to keep the union together. Mm. Um, but yeah, famously was a very, like, Southern Democrat in the times where the Democrats were very racist, very oh, pro-slavery. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so he basically, like, the KKK ran rampant under his presidency, didn't do anything about it. Uh, black people were living in horrible conditions in the South, he had no support from the federal government, they did nothing to rebuild the South other than give money to basically plantation owners, like reimburse them for their lost slaves, was about the extent of his policy. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so for that reason, Andrew Johnson, who, by the way, got cucked by Ulysses S. Grant in the next yes, election, get yeah, fucked. I will um, say, um, yeah, the only time anyone ever talks about Andrew Johnson is like when people like pull up those like weird comparisons between Lincoln and Kennedy. He's be like, they were both succeeded by a man named Johnson. That, that, other than that, no one ever talks about it. But yeah, you were 100% exactly. right. Absolutely terrible human being. Horrible mistreatment of black people following the emancipation of them. And yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not knocking you down. Uh, yeah, that's a solid three. Solid three. My number two, you're going to think as well. Because I, I know he's on your list yet. Yep, yep. Uh, I've got the boy. Everybody's favorite president, Ronald Reagan. Uh Ronnie, number two, dude. He's so clearly. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like four places too low. You should be like in the negative. <laughs> Honestly, I don't hate that. I, he was back and forth for my number one. Uh, he is directly to blame for the inflation and massive wealth disparity we see in our current society. Uh, not to mention, you know, Cold War imperialist bullshit, multiple coup d'etats. <laughs> Um, just he basically that's a cool country you have there. Oh, you're doing something a little bit left wing. Yeah, um, we're not gonna do that. CIA, CIA. Uh, by the way, you're gonna die. Your government is mine now. <laughs> Insert proxy war. Insert puppet government. Oh, you're pr we don't like your president. How about this chamber of commerce leader? <laughs> so like, uh, yeah. Who, who is the most with Margaret right wing dictator I can find to prop up this government? Yeah, oh, pretty much over there. You're my guy. I mean, made the Taliban. He's the, yeah, the reason, a huge reason why the fucking Middle East hated us in the first place. Oh, yeah. Uh, feel just tensions with Russia. The trickle-down economy is a lie used to benefit him and the other it's massive corporations in top point, 1%. I promise, but it will come down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to come down when we take it, Cameron. <laughs> Class warfare. <laughs> they've just been storing it. They've just been storing it for us. I always love that. Um, I always love that meme. It's like, son, let me tell you a bedtime story. So the uh, uh, bedtime story is called Trickle Down Economics. So the rich get all of the money. The end. The end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, famous buddy buddies with Margaret Thatcher, who all my homies hate. Viva uh, oh, yeah. IRA, Irish <laughs> Independence for Life. Um, I'm Irish Jack. So yeah, I got, I got, I got Ronnie at number two. Okay, it's extremely low, but you know what? I'll give it to you. I mean, obviously he was going to be above three. Like, we both knew that going in. I'm surprised he's not your number one, but you know what? I'll give I it just, to you. 
I, the thing about Reagan that makes everybody fucking loves him. Yeah, everyone absolutely thinks he's. We gotta get back to Reagan Republicanism. That was yeah. all. The fact that he's looked at as the gold standard is the biggest flaw in this country. He's the guy. Like everybody else's list, he's the best president. Okay, I'm gonna try something. It might sound really bad. There's a boo on here. Um, oh, it didn't work. Damn, I was gonna cut the boo button, but it didn't work. Boo. Yeah, there, there we go. Boo. <laughs> no, yeah, rotten hell, Ronald Reagan. Um, yeah, I, I respect it. I completely disagree how far up he is, but at least he's on your bottom five as anyone objectively should put him. Um, yeah, so I guess it's time for my number two. Now, my number two um, was never elected president, was never was never assumed in the office of president, but he was the president. We got Dick Cheney for number two. Now, you, uh, Cameron, you're, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. I thought you were going to say Bush just because Cheney was president. Bush, Bush was president. not president. Dick Cheney was president <laughs> from 2001 to 2009. You would never be able to change my mind on that. I hope I thought you were going to say Bush and then talk about Cheney. No, no. I, I literally just have Cheney on here. I literally have Cheney. <laughs> yes, you heard me right. The CEO of Alabama <laughs> is solely responsible for the destabilization of the entire Middle Eastern region unlawfully adjusted and uh, invaded entire nation on no premise other than the fact that he wanted oil rights and he wanted to build well, the so military I mean, industrial complex he technically world- our, oh. our boy dick was president for like 30 minutes when george had to get his colonoscopy okay yeah that was that was the only time when quote unquote he was president he was president the day he got elected the day bush <laughs> quote unquote got elected gore always talked about his election being stolen by bush no Bush had his election win stolen by JP. <laughs> he manipulated the system 100% to do whatever he wanted to with no checks and balances for not for eight years. Complete Washington insider, 100% to do exactly what he was doing the entire time, and whatever he wanted to have passed, he damn well had passed. Oh, you don't want to pay tax anymore? You don't have to if you're rich anymore. Oh, you want to do this? You want to deny climate change and push everyone back another 30 years? Let's do that too. Let's put every ounce of money we can into making sure that I don't have to do a damn thing if I don't want to. Oh, and he also, I will, I gotta call myself down. My mic is gonna fall off the table. He expanded U.S. imperialism more than basically any other president. And because he's decided, I am going to be, like, keep mentioning Biden. Keep mentioning Biden. One of my favorites, whatever. I stopped and watched it. He wanted to become Galactic. And he will do whatever, whatever, (laughs) whatever it took to become Galactic. And he would do whatever ever he wanted with no checks and balances because guess what i'm vice president that's not the executive <laughs> i'm not the president i'm not the president vice president has a tie-breaking vote in the senate i mean that means it's the legislative but i'm also vice president so that's the executive so the aka i'm free to do whatever i want uh, <laughs> absolute madman <laughs> still alive he's like 98 years old got a new heart and uh and we will. There will be a celebration on this show the day he dies. Yes, absolutely. The day, and let's not forget, we also mentioned it last week. He shot a man in the face, and the man who got shot apologized to the man who shot it while he was this ass drunk. Yep. How do you get away? You can't keep getting away with it. You can't keep getting away with it. Oh my God! Oh, Dick Cage revved me up. Give us your number two, Bush, so we can move on. Oh, you already had my number two. We gotta hear your one, Cam. Oh, that's right. Oh, fine. Now I'm gonna get <laughs> even more re- revved up because it's Ronald Reagan. 
<laughs> I mean, I just have Reagan. I mean, come on. I don't even have an explanation because it's Ronald effing Reagan. I mean, what else am I supposed to say? He just divided every class against himself, basically led to, led to racial discrimination across the entire board, pushed class consciousness back millions of years by, by making everything that Marxist evil, uh, started, the, started the war on drugs to use just to discriminate against black people, funded dozens of coups with no over, oversight. I, I just can't. I mean, take a breath. No, there's no script, ladies and gentlemen. I just, take a breath. Breathe. Breathe. Ronald Reagan is my number one. This is a bad dude. He's a really bad dude. He was. He was an objectively bad guy. Plus, he was an actor. He he was an actor. As as my dad, my dad being a fairly, I would say he, he calls himself a centrist, but I mean he technically leans more uh, liberal than whatever. He defends Reagan a lot. Now he will never defend trickle down economics, but he will also he will always say that he is solely responsible for ending the Cold War not Gorbachev or anything like actually Soviet-wise. It was him alone because he pretended that Star Wars was a thing. That's his actor. Is that the case? In my opinion, absolutely not. It was already ramping down. Soviet Soviet era had wanted to de- had wanted to denuclearize and wanted to do that before the United States even thought about it. The only reason they kept going is because we kept egging them on. But, yeah, Reagan, Reagan basically almost ended the world. Um, second closest we've ever been to nuclear annihilation besides... Uh, Obviously, the Cuban Missile Crisis. But yeah, he just decided, you know what? I'm going to make every Soviet leader mad except for Gorbachev, who I can sell Pizza Hut to, so it's okay. Who I can sell Pizza Hut to? <laughs> yeah, the entire second 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 uh, nature of his second term he had, he had dementia and he couldn't even like he couldn't even do anything. He had Alzheimer's. Sorry, it wasn't dementia. It was Alzheimer's, and he couldn't even do anything. So he had every A that he could. Plus, Find me the most right wing guy you can, and we're going to do whatever that guy says. Plus, I'm still upset, because, correct me if I'm wrong here, he beat out our boy, Walter Mondale. He damn well did. 538. And he wiped the floor with our boy, Walter Mondale. Minnesota stood strong, and we repped. We did. We were the only blue state. Yep, us in D.C., that's it. But justice for Walter. He would have been a great president. Did I ever tell you, I have a buddy that, um, you met Ben, um, at at the barn. His uh, grandpa yeah. was going to be uh, Mondale's uh, attorney general because Mondale was the governor of Minnesota and he was the attorney general of the state. So if, if he oh, would have won, he would have been sweet. the attorney general of the United States. That would have been awesome. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, it was a close election, but he barely, but he, but he lost. Yeah, you know, it was really close. Uh, I think they should have stopped the count a lot earlier. I, honestly, it was I, stolen. I, I, <laughs> as soon as Minnesota came in, they should have counted it right there. Done. We're, we're over. Moving on. And yeah, that's pretty much it right there. And I will also say, yep. a lot of people don't know this, including my parents when I told like when I saw this too. Do you know he was the first person to like use the phrase "Make America Great Again"? Was Trump, he really? Trump literally just stole it from Reagan because like he knew it was like a popular saying of his time. But yeah, he was like, he, he has this like when he accepted the nomination, he made this speech or like that where he talks about like inner city black kids and like uh, for those with like and he's like basically talking about them exclusively like for those who are uneducated we'll get them educated for those without the workforce we'll get them into a job where they, where they can't hurt anyone else and we'll do it all to make America great again yeah so that's where that phrase comes from well somehow Dottie got worse yeah he did alright Bush let's get right. number one my number one no surprises here the genocidal maniac himself Andrew Jackson 
Yep, that's fair. It is a blight on our nation that he was a president and is on our $20 bill. Mm -hmm. uh, famous racist. Literally did a genocide. Yep. Uh, of the Native American people. Repeatedly stole their land. Forced them into concentration camps. Marched them to death. Literally forced them to go to schools to convert them to be more like white people. Uh, I just a, a, An overall detestable human being. That's 100% fair. Like, when you said he was too low on mine, I, I tend to agree. I mean, I just, I have such strong opinions about my one and two, as you can see, as I almost yeah. knocked my mic. There, needs, there the honestly table. needs to be, like, if we're going to put them on a scale of, like, ten being the best president, zero being the worst, we have been in the negatives for a while. Oh, yeah. Long time ago. These are really bad so. dudes, especially Andrew Jackson. I 100% support you. I'm a little shocked you didn't put Bush on your, on your bottom five. I mean, just because you shared a name with him, I guess, but. Yeah, you know, I, I, I thought I about it. I I didn't put Bush on there because he was never really president. Yep, yep. that's why I put Cheney on mine. Yeah, and I I didn't I didn't do Cheney. <laughs> I I knew you were gonna mention Cheney, so I decided to uh damn well leave right. him off. Get that man. Oh, get mad again. But yep. yeah. don't get worked up. Don't get worked yeah. up. We will we will coast this through the end. Um, yeah. So those are our lists. Um, had a lot of fun this episode. As you can see, I got. Probably have to go meditate, gonna calm down. But um, yeah, so uh, a detestable President's Day to everyone involved, and uh, abolish this holiday and all that it's worth. We talked had a had a great time talking for the last like hour, I think like half at this point, like geez. But um, yeah, talking, about, talking about the executive branch, and um, we're back next week as per usual. Um, the only thing I will say to any Wisconsin listeners um, tomorrow is Supreme Court primary. Make sure you register to vote, and you can vote anywhere on campus or around the state, wherever you are listening. So uh, it's one of the most important elections that you that can have in the state. Expected turnout is supposed to be 23%, so that's abysmal. Uh, very, very important election. Uh, yeah, get out there, have your voice heard. Uh, Bush, you got anything else to say? Nope, that's, uh, that's all I got. All right, well, happy President's Day to you, and I will see you next week, Bush. And uh, thanks for thank you all for listening.